Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Reformed Meditations. I'm Lee, and I'm so happy to be joined by uh, my guest, Ben Bean. And, you know, you, you wear so many hats. I think uh, maybe you introduce yourself in whatever uh, capacities you want to introduce yourself in. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Lee. It's uh, yeah, good to be here and good to be talking with you. My name is Ben. Uh, that, that's good. I'm good with that. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing special. Nothing special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Ben is here, and uh, you have made history as the first musical guest of Reformed Meditations. Oh, man. So your your debut album, Love and Loss, under the artist name Exile and Eden. So your debut album will be... <laughs> Your debut album will be out on November 25th, and uh, I'm very excited to talk to you about it, and I feel so uh, honored that I have gotten to listen to the whole thing three times. Oh, man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a rare privilege, and, uh, and I, I feel so elite right now. <laughs> I might be the only per- – am I the only person outside of the production that's gotten to hear the whole album at this point? Uh, Kenzie and the girls have heard it. Well, they're they're technically so, in the production. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's probably true. I like it. I like I like the special privilege of that. So to start off, so the the album is is titled uh, "Love and Loss," and uh, I, I'm intrigued. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the background, the the inspiration. Uh, what what got you in the in this headspace to to even begin writing this music, let alone actually make an album? Yeah, so there, there's a lot that goes behind that um, in terms of sort of like the why and the how that this album came about. Um, so I, I I was blessed to be born and uh, raised in a, in a loving Christian family. And the Lord saved me when I was pretty young. Um, I, re- I remember there being a sermon playing in the car as we're driving uh, somewhere as a family. And that's when I knew that I was a sinner, was in need of a savior, and Jesus saved me then. I was pretty young. I'm not sure how old I was. And pretty involved in, in church life, and youth group, going to camp. I'm very thankful for uh, for all that, and and I had a, a spiritual growth spurt sort of around college, uh, end of high school, into college. The Lord really was capturing heart, and I had some mentors in my life that uh, were playing a big role in that. Um, my my wife and I we met at, at a Bear Lake Bible Camp, uh, and we met in 2010. Got married in. 2012. So yeah, we're classic, the classic camp story, romance story, uh, in some sense. It's like if you made a Hallmark movie out of of Christian (laughs) camp life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so for my undergrad, I went to Oakland University, which is just north of Detroit. And I have a degree in environmental science and a minor in biology. And the Lord actually used 
my degree in environmental science to, to call me into the ministry. And so the way that I describe this is that uh, I was I was taking an environmental management course, and it was the end of the semester. It was the final exam, and the, the final exam was an essay question. And the essay question was, what is your theory on how to make a more sustainable world? Okay, so answer that question. And so that's when it hit me that environmental science is the science of sustainability. And whatever is truly sustainable will last forever. It's, it sustains, right? And so environmental science is the science that is seeking after eternity. And so I wrote the gospel out for my, my exam. This is my theory on how to make a more sustainable world. We need, we need Jesus. And so at that moment, I, I, I realized, okay, this is the direction that my life is going. Um, and yeah, seeking after the Lord, seeking after eternity and, and looking to Christ. And so Kenzie and I got, got married in 2012. And this, this camp that we met at, uh, Bear Lake Bible Camp, um, the Lord blessed us greatly. I'm so thankful for uh, the times I was there as a kid and uh, everything that I, I learned there. It was very formative in terms of who I am today and spiritual growth and, and maturity. Um, and so we, I, I started working there right after I graduated. And uh, at the end of that first summer is when we got married. And so during that time at working at camp, I also started going to the seminary at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. They've got an online program that I was able to, to use. And so I was thankful for that. Uh, and then at in 2019, we moved to Ohio, where I'm a pastor uh, now. And so, in between moving here and starting to work at camp, there's a there's some things that happened that influenced the making of this album. Uh, and in 2018, a dear friend of mine, a friend mentor, his name was Dave. Uh, we had I, I started really connecting with him in, in high school. He was in a, a horrible, horrifying accident where uh, he was burned everywhere. Um, he had s- severe burns everywhere. And uh, it, it was a, that whole experience with everyone involved was a time of severe suffering and, and there's still grief is here today because of what all of what happened with that and uh, he spent five months in ICU and then passed away in in December of 2018 and so during that time I had just personally on my own already kind of started picking up a guitar and wanting to learn how to play songs for my family just so we can worship together. And we have a family routine where generally on most nights we'll, we'll, we'll sing and 
we'll read some scripture and pray and, and go to bed, um, send the kids to bed. So I was wanting to be better at uh, doing that. And so you know, learning some guitar and then everything with Dave happened and I, I was pulled into the, the Psalms and pulled into singing more, trying to learn more hymns as, uh, yeah, dealing with, with hardship and suffering and not knowing really what to think or say or, or do. And I, I found myself pretty quickly in the midst of that, starting to sing my own prayers and sing my own thoughts and sing my own experiences to the Lord. And that, that's sort of where, where all this started. And it, there continued to be, uh, so that, that was the sort of the beginning moment with everything with, with Dave, but there continued to be other things of suffering specifically related around death. I remember we got the call that, that Dave wasn't going to make it. And so we drove over there, say goodbye. And that during that same time, my grandma was, uh, was old and was passing away. So we, that same day we swung by her house to say goodbye. And it was a strange mm. experience of, you know, as, as much as, Death makes sense. We have my grandma who lived a, a long, fruitful life. You know, she, she was old and it was time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's grief with that. And but that was different than the grief experiencing with Dave, who was young. And, uh, it didn't seem like it was time. And um, about, so that all that happened and, my wife and I, we wanted to have more kids and we got pregnant again. You know, a few weeks go by and start thinking like, oh, there might be some issues here. So we go get this checked out and we, so we walk in, we get our ultrasound. And in that moment, we, we find out that we're having twins and we also find out that we're not having twins because they've passed away uh-huh. and uh, it's another you know we're sick of death we're sick of suffering we're excited about life and, and bringing life and uh, yeah it, it, um, it's a hard experience to to take and um yeah, uh, my my grandpa passed away another year later or so after that. No, actually, it was just a few months later. Sometimes I get the time mixed up, but uh, and uh, on the way, I was I was blessed to be able to and privileged to be able to preach my grandpa's funeral. And we were driving up the day before he got in a car accident mm. on the way up to preach my grandpa's funeral, and it was. The Lord was gracious to us. Uh, I had to re- very quickly swerve out of the way of a tree and a telephone pole. And uh, at, at that point, 
Um, I guess it was about a year later because at that point, Kenzie was eight months pregnant with our, our, our third. Um, and just this moment of like, yeah, like I, I know that life is a vapor and life can change very quickly uh, in a moment. And you don't really ever know when that moment is. And with, with everything with COVID, there's been other mm. friends and connections, you know, of people having health issues and dying. And I, I know that a lot of people that will listen to this will have experienced similar types of thing in the last couple of years. There's been a lot of, uh, it's been a time of pain and grief and, and suffering more than what I had imagined. You know, um, and, and you know, you know, intellectually that you're going to die, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that, and that the people that you love are, are going to die. Yeah. Uh, but then there, there's a different sort of reality in, in the experiencing of it than just like, than just the intellectual knowledge of it. And so, yeah, again, this, during this time, just drawn to the Psalms, drawn to singing hymns, one of the one of the psalms I'm going to read this Psalm 77 uh, was a psalm that was particularly comforting and helpful. We'll set psalm 77 up here it says, "I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord." In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to the the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O oh God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. It's an incredible psalm uh, of uh, not only suffering and questioning God, but also a remembering of who God was, and that, that's part of what the psalm encouraged me with is, man, this guy, 
asking some serious questions. Some serious questions of God. And is in, in the day of trouble. So much so that he, he's at a point where he feels like he, he was, his soul is refusing to be comforted. There's people that feel that way. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've felt that way. Yeah, me too. And uh, so troubled that I can't speak. And so these questions come and the, the appeal that is made is to remember the deeds of God and remembering, remembering his character and his work is really what it is, who God is and what he has done. And essentially what it comes down to is redemption. Uh, that God has redeemed his, his people and just a, a beautiful reminder of what's important in life and what our hope is in life is hope is in the Lord. Hope can't be in anything earthly, which can include people. We are to, to love people, but our hope is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our, our friends, our, our family members, the, the people that, we love the reality is and again this is like you know this intellectually is that people are going to either you're you're going to experience all of your friends and all your family uh, passing away dying and you're going to have to handle that grief or it's going to be you that dies hmm. and and they are going to have to uh, work through that grief and that that's that's true for all of us unless the Lord comes back before then, which would be great. We need to be preparing ourselves with how to respond to suffering in, in a way that honors the Lord. And I'm thankful that God is a God who walks through that suffering with us. He, do, he doesn't necessarily take it away, but he's there through it with us. And yeah, so I, I started picking up my guitar and, started writing some songs and I, I began to send some of these songs to my friend Alex, who is a wonderful, super talented musician, um, great friend. And the best thing about Alex is his love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I love about him the most. And so we're, we're sharing uh, these, these songs back and forth. He was encouraging me. I, you know, I, I never played an instrument really growing up and you know, I'm a, I appreciate music. So I, like I know music in that sense, but yeah, you're a nineties uh, kid. You have to appreciate music. That's right. It's part of our yeah. culture. <laughs> so, um, he, he encouraged me to, to keep writing. And so I did. And eventually it came to a point that we decided and I together we should make take take some of the best of what I've created and make an album out of it. And Alex was gracious enough to help me with the, the production and the mixing and, and the mastering of that. And so, uh, most of the songs on on the record are songs that I just 
straight up wrote on my acoustic guitar and recorded them on a voice memo, sent them uh, like through a text message over, over to Alex and he would shoot some things back and I would shoot some other ideas back and, you know, how to, how to make something sound. And he has all of his recording equipment and stuff in his basement. And so he, he would record like professionally. I have, I have a nice recording with him playing guitar and uh, piano and, and other, other instruments and stuff. We then eventually got to the point where it's like, all right, well, we're here to, need to do some vocals <laughs> i don't sing <laughs> I, you, know, you sure about been, that <laughs> yeah well i guess so i i i uh I, my my singing ability is from singing hymns in church i never really was in choir or anything um you know singing alone in the car that sort of yeah <laughs> that, that's uh yeah um Belting emo songs in the shower, that's, kind of a thing. <laughs> Except not in the shower, because people would hear me. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's how it came about. So I'm intrigued about the um, the influence of the Psalms in in your um, in the writing journey uh, of, mm-hmm. of writing the songs themselves, even before even the idea of the album. And I think there's something, and maybe you can speak to this uh, a little more. Uh, there's you know, so we we live um, lives and deal with grief. Um, you know, one in one people will pass away, so we we will uh, uh, we will deal with uh, grief and loss at some point in our lives. Um, but there's something, and I think it's it's a, a very it's a very biblical thing that 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 grief has to find utterance somewhere. And uh, we have enough proof of that in Scripture that so many of the Psalms, just just talking of the Psalms alone, uh, have to deal with uh, times of difficulty, whether it's times dealing with death or or grief because of other factors, but intense grief. And the Holy Spirit inspired that the psalmist, um, often David, but not David alone, to put words to that suffering. And I think having that uh, developing a, a language of grief uh, and, and suffering that's that's shareable uh, I think that's that's something important and, and maybe intrinsically human as well that we have to we have to our grief has to find utterance somewhere and for some reason song is the place where that I think is most at least for me has been most uh, effective yeah. What's that? Con- do you, do you have any idea of that connection between um, the utterance of grief and song? Well, I, God made us to be people who are made to worship and to cry out to Him, and uh, there, there's an element of crying out to God that specifically in grief, grief, or any other hardship where it's it is worship, right? Because you're recognizing that you are in need of, of help. You're in need. You're dependent upon the Lord, needing his grace, needing his power, needing his peace, his love, his wisdom, and you know, what to think about the situation. And, and it, yeah, the, there's a very relational 
component to so this this utterance of of singing right and and prayer can just be speaking too mm-hmm. um, yeah and the the psalms are are song I'm reminded too since we just read psalm seventy seven that you know he's like the the psalmist says, "Let me remember my song in the night." Right. So even song has a component in in that psalm alone, and I know there are there are other psalms as well that that refer to song or singing, um, closely closely connected concept. There's passages in the New Testament that speak of you know speaking to each other or singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs uh, to even even to each other. Um, is, Song is a way that we, it's a, it's a way we communicate. It's one way we can communicate worship to the Lord and even calling others to, to worship God. Yeah, it, like Ephesians 5.19. Yes, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Another really similar one is uh, Colossians 3.16, where it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Yeah. Super similar. Yeah. Very similar. And that's not always happy, happy, joy, joy, joy type singing either. You know, we right. can We can sing praise to God even when, when we're hurting inside. Right. Sometimes that's that's been that's, for me. My times of deepest praise have been when, when I'm wrecked. Right. Yeah. How, see how small I am. Yeah. You know, how weak. Yeah. And there there are many psalms that are like that. That are psalms of of lament and asking. You know, like Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? You know, it, that's it, that's a song. <laughs> In a prayer, yeah. in a question, you know, to, to the Lord, how long will you hide your your face from me? And this is what he's what he's going through. So while we're while we're flipping through the Bible here, Psalm fifty six played a huge uh, part in in one of the songs on this album. Yes. And, and I'm curious if you want to flip to that and kind of tell me a little bit what really from that psalm what stuck out to you to the point that it inspired you to to write a, a song of your own. Yeah, so Psalm 56 in particular um, was helpful for me. And I'm just going to read the whole psalm again. It's a great psalm, and it'll help, help as I speak through it, people to hear it. This, this is Reformed Meditations. We're, we're yeah. a pro-Scripture podcast. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> this, is, this is Psalm 56. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long an attacker oppresses. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All, all their thoughts are against me for, for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will, will they escape? And wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossing. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will 
turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me and God whose word I praise and the Lord whose word I praise and God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. And so there is one particular verse here, verse eight. You have kept count of my tossings and put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? That so this I love that was, verse. Yeah, this that's a great was, imagery. It is great imagery, and it's also it speaks to the truth of how God knows. God knows what is it going through. He sees the pain. He sees the tears. Are they not in your book? Like he, it's recorded. He knows it. And there's a care of God cares about the pain and the grief and the suffering that, that we experience. Um, and so this was a, a particular verse that was helpful for me during the time of Dave, his accident and being in ICU and everything uh, and working through all of that. And um, I decided, you know what, there's some other great verses in here too. <laughs> let, let's, let, let me take a look at this. And yeah, so, I, I heard, so for, for that song in particular, I, I basically paraphrased this psalm and uh, there's uh, I made it sort of like there's some things that happen during the day that are difficult to handle and so then what do I do and then uh, you have kept my kept count of my tossings that I I started I sort of see that is there's also some, some things that happen in the night mm. right yeah. tossing tossing and turning on bed and okay, so what do I do? And then ultimately, it is, it's God who we're to trust and it is God who delivers us and who makes us to walk in, in the light of life. And so that, that's basically uh, the, sort of my paraphrase, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of the psalm that then eventually made it into a song. So in your in your own life, you know, over the uh, over the course of your life, have you have you written much uh, like standalone poetry before anything like that, or has this not only been a journey of 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 uh, making melodies and learning a new instrument, right, picking up the guitar for the sake of family worship, but has this also been an experiment in the actual creative writing process, especially of of lyrics? Is that something you had done previous before this project? I had sort of done it like just personally, but not anything that I would share with anybody. (laughs) You know, yeah. So, I mean, this is, um, this is the most that it's ever come out. Um, So there, there is a level of that too, trying to figure out how to write poetry in a way that is, that expresses you know, my, my thoughts and prayers and experiences and, and also flows and works right. Uh, lyrically and rhythmically with 
the song too. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's been a lot of new experiences. Yeah, <laughs> that that's interesting because uh, having listened to it, these are not like novice lyrics <laughs> in any way. Like mm-hmm. these these feel like somebody who's who's done this before. I just never heard it. Um, so I I, I hear ex, ex, experience uh, writing experience behind the words too. At least yeah. I picked, at least that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've written. I've written a lot in my life in terms of papers and stuff. And some of that goes with poetry, you know, but mm-hmm. this is def- definitely the most poetic type of writing I've ever done. It's, I, I'm really, I'm really eager to, uh, to talk about some lyrics, but before that, I, I, I was curious. Um, so I've already, we, we've talked a little bit about the actual writing process of the songs themselves. I'm really curious your your perspective looking back now on the recording process because that to me seems like a very awkward thing uh being in a in a booth quote unquote even if it is in your friend's basement but um and and kind of hacking away at at your songs you know piece by piece almost like instrument by instrument kind of a thing but dissecting your your work in the booth like that how did that go what was that experience like yeah, well, so this, I have a lot of, I have to say thank you to Alex for a lot of this because for the majority of the instrumentation, I was there for some of it, but for the vast majority of it, he was doing that. And so how, the way that we did that, because we didn't want to have him work a bunch and then send it and be like, this isn't working, you know? So uh, we had the structure of the song set and just kind of, would make some layers of like here's the acoustic guitar and maybe some electric and some drums with it and it's like okay is this like a good solid foundation and if there was some tweaks or something that he and i needed to make we would express those things and and make that um yeah but so the vast majority of of the actual musical instrument recording was was alex doing that and Mm. us just speaking uh on the phone or through text back and forth trying to get it right and um yeah and then when when i was there i had never really i've spoken in a in a microphone i never really sung in a microphone so that that was all new sort of experience as well and you know it's i've begun to get used to hearing my own voice no no one really likes to hear their own voice recorded and I still can't listen. Like I still can barely listen to my own voice when I edit these podcasts. It's a real struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's something that after a while I kind of get used to. Oh, I guess that's how I sound. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thankful for, for Alex and his willingness to, to work with me in that way. Cause th- this album would not have happened. Without him. There's some really cool, um, like lead guitar lines that that have been put into some of these songs um the the opening lick on coming home i i absolutely love um uh there's some of them are are i it's been it's interesting to see the the difference in tone of of different songs obviously you know uh uh in in keeping with the lyrical content right but um 
it, there's there's a lot of sonic range on this album that uh, that I I found very dynamic and, and enjoyable. You can hear the the excellent production behind behind mm-hmm. this. Um, so yeah, he did he Alex, you did an amazing job. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it yes. sounds great. Yeah, the, so, so that that coming home lick is kind of a funny thing that I, I wrote that song. So I had it front to back everything with the lyrics and everything, and sent it over to him. And like that evening, he sent it sent it back with like a little bit of a drum and with with that one lick mm. over top of it. And he only did it for like, you know, half the song or whatever. But it was immediately like, dude, we have to record this. this is great. This, that, that was awesome that that guitar riff you just put in. That's amazing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So in in my listening, I, I was trying to kind of wrap my head around kind of the big theme of the album as because I, I myself am an album man i'm not much of a singles yes. listener or a shuffle listener at all i like to listen to an album start to finish and get a sense for it as a as a whole piece of art not just individual pieces as a mosaic you, you are a man of culture as well <laughs> yes yeah as a 90s kid you know that's just my uh, <laughs> i have to be um so I, I i i in my listening i i've been seeing and and correct me if i'm if i'm misinterpreting but uh so the uh, i see a lot in the album about a search for rest so in uh because of love and loss uh the, the grief um that that is at kind of at the heart of of the expression here searching for rest and and lots of um juxtapositions of of imagery especially as a way of describing it uh so one of the, one of the lyrics that jumped out to me was from coming home um or i'm sorry it, it was from uh, evidence of love and it's kind of the the title line this grief is evidence of love um what's uh what's behind that lyric for you yeah so the song evidence of love the song that's specifically about dave um a lot of the album is sort of a general suffering type of album. And then there's a few songs that are specifically about something. And, and so the evidence of love is a song that uh, is really, really specifically about, about Dave. And so that line, um, in terms of the lyric that you're talking about sort of comes from John 11. And in John 11, this is where uh, Lazarus has passed away and Jesus is there. We have the famous shortest verse in the Bible, right? (laughs) Where Jesus wept. And right, so right after that, John 11, 35 says Jesus wept. And then right after that says, so the Jews said, see, see how he loved. Hmm. And that, that's what struck me. I mean, Jesus knew that he was about to raise Lazarus from, from the dead and uh, he was going to see him again, but in his, his grief, so his weeping and in his grief, that was an evidence of his love for his friend. And so that, we don't grieve in terms of talking about grief, right? We don't grieve things 
that we don't love <laughs> that you lose, right? If you lose, if you have, you know, whatever it is, something that isn't that special to you that you use and consume and thrown away, it's not, like you don't have a grief over that. Mm-hmm. But when there's something or someone who is special to you um, and you have a love for them, then there there is a, a grief when, when there's a loss in, in in that sense. So we yeah we only we only grieve the loss of something, and I mean that's what that's what lament is, right? Mm-hmm. We have we have this loss and this grief, and the reason why we have that loss and this grief is because our love was so strong, um, or whatever that mm-hmm. thing was, that person. Yeah, that, that that's where that where it came from. Because love and loss are are very intertwined, right? You don't yeah. feel the loss without the love, right? Yeah, and so the, like the title of the album, "Love and Loss," comes from that song, uh, where the the lyric is "Love and loss they go hand in hand, like east and west are friends from distant lands." It's like you think about east and west, yeah, like they go together, but they're so far separate um, from each other mm-hmm. in terms of being different. And uh, that, that's similar to the love and loss. Like they go together, mm-hmm. but they're so different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I, I, th- <clears throat> these kinds of things uh, in the album really struck me. Um, Another another one, and and this one actually, uh, so the song "Naked Evergreen" has been the earworm of the album for me. Mm. Uh, it's not only the, the melody stuck in my head, but even the uh, the the conceit of the lyrics uh, is is really intriguing to me. Uh, it, it's a song um, that I found is is built on juxtapositions. You know, a, a boat that sinks on the water. Um, a bird that can't sing, right? A naked evergreen, right? Mm-hmm. That's a contradiction in terms, right? Because right. they're they're right. evergreen because they don't lose the needles, like they keep right. the needles when other trees yeah. lose their lose their uh, their leaves, right? So, what were you going for in kind of piling up these uh, contradictions, these juxtapositions in this one song? Yeah, so the naked evergreen song is a all the songs are special in a, in a certain type of way, you know, um, the, the naked evergreen song in particular is special in the sense that it was, it's probably the most, it is the most collaborative song between Alex and I, where, so most of the songs pretty much write up how I, how I wrote it. But this one, this one was the hardest to write in the album. So it's actually, it's nice to hear that that was one that was it, this one had the most work put into it I'm trying to figure out like how to get it together and put it together um and so it was that, that's part of why that one's special is without it was the most collaborative between alex and i uh, both musically and lyrically and essentially the, the song is a it's a straight up one there is uh it ends with a question mm-hmm. <laughs> it in most of the songs that I have um, end with or have some sort of sense of hope. And I guess there could be a little bit in terms of like praying mm-hmm. for, for spring. Like there's like, you know, wanting that yeah. to come, but it, it, 
it's a lament and it ends mm-hmm. with a question without an answer. Yeah. And there, there's Psalms that are like that too. And yeah, so the, the, the lament is about how the world is. And, and specifically in thinking about death as well, there's all these things that are not the way that it should be. And I, I think everyone's experienced mm-hmm. something like that. And so what, so in my head, so in terms of thinking about how to express that poetically, right? So you try to think about things that this is what, how it should be or what's let's twist it. Yeah. Like what, what is it not then? Mm -hmm. And a a lighthouse lost at sea, right? A lighthouse is, is supposed to help people lost at sea find shore. Right. So and now we have a lighthouse that's lost. Yeah, exactly. So that was that, that was a fun actual lyric because Alex and I were eating lunch together, trying to like figure out, you know, what you know we wanted to have some sort of imagery with water. And I was like, man, like, what about like a lighthouse that's like in the sea? Because that's <laughs> like a, a lighthouse is supposed to be on the shore. Yeah, and so, like through our conversation about it, it's like, oh man, like living like a lighthouse lost at sea. That is so completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a lighthouse is supposed to be on the shore, not in the middle of the sea. And the lighthouse is supposed to be the one that provides light and direction. And that one's not. Yeah. And is, yeah. So it's just like this complete contradiction, but that's sometimes how things can feel. Or, or, you know, you see a well and you expect to dip the bucket down into it and get water out and right. the, the wells dried up. That's another, that's referring to another lyric too. And that yeah. is a real thing. Like that's a thing yeah. that happens. Wells do dry right. up and you have to dig a new well. Um, right. Uh, I was also curious and, and this, this ties into, to your artist uh, name because obviously you're not putting this out under the name Ben, but um, <laughs> so it's, it's winter in Eden uh, so you, we have "Exile in Eden" as the uh, as the artist title, and again, this is this is coming back to some of the the juxtapositions that I was seeing throughout the album. Yeah. Um, so we've got we're you know there's winter in Eden, praying for spring, and yet we're so we're we're exiled in into the winter. I guess is that is that kind of what you were thinking? <laughs> is is this what coming well, to Ohio felt like? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, why am I in Ohio? <laughs> um, yeah, so there, in terms of the name of whatever my band name, you know, there, there's a lot of imagery there. I mean, just without even saying anything, this part of why I like it is with, with, without saying anything, say Exile and Eden, and for, that's going to bring about a, a lot of imagery just into someone's head because I think about, wow, like, what, is, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Adam and Eve were made to live in Eden and uh, they were exiled out mm-hmm. of Eden. And, and we see exile being uh, a theme throughout scripture, Israel oh, yeah. being, being exiled. Um, there's actually, go to another Psalm here. Psalm 137, one through four says, by the waters of Babylon, there we sat wet when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs 
and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Mm-hmm. There's an element of truth for this with, in terms of just living the Christian life. That it's sort of like we are living in Babylon, mm-hmm. right? That our, our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven with, with the Lord. And so there, there's an element of, of that imagery there. Um, Hebrews 11, 9 through 10 says, By faith he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Again, so you have this foreign land concept, looking forward to the future, to our, our real home, mm-hmm. right? With, with, with whose designer and builder is God. There's, in terms of the exile in Eden, there's some imagery in terms of like an already, not yet. Uh, like a very biblical concept as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's an element that the kingdom has is at hand has come and has not come to complete fruition. Um, and one of the, one of, so this is one of the themes of, of the album too. Is I, I love C.S. Lewis, his writing. Um, and w- one of the things that C.S. Lewis often talks about, and you see this a lot in the, the Narnia books, but he writes about it in other places too. It, he speaks about, a nostalgia for a place you've never been. And nostalgia is generally thought of as a, as a good thing, right? Like you're looking back upon the good old days, wanting to go back to when times were better. And there's a part, so I, I think that nostalgia can be like a, a shadow of our heart's desire to get back to Eden. Right, there's a spiritual element of there's eternity in the heart of man that God has placed there, mm-hmm. and we want to get back to how things were. And sometimes, when we're just nostalgic about the good old days, there's that's a shadow of wanting to get back to Eden. But the reality is that we need Christ, and that the new heaven, the new earth, with Christ in the future, not not going back going ahead with Christ that that is where is the true and better Eden that, that is coming and so these are these are things that have been on my mind and running through my head for a while and even so going back to my environmental science days the the theme of eternity has been something that I've thought about a lot and so that's part of why the exile in Eden uh, I thought that the imagery there yeah. Worked well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the home aspect because the last, the last of the songs I wanted to make sure I talked about with you uh, incidentally is the first single from the album coming home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see, especially now talking with you about it, uh, seeing those dimensions in that one song as well. Um, Barren lands. Uh, I can't live here for long. And then coming home. 
Um, and, and obviously that, that has a, a much deeper dimension than simply going back to where you grew up, right? Going back to your hometown right. or something. Yeah. This is, this is a, a home of homes, right? The, yeah. In an eternal sense. Right. Um, and to, to go back to Naked Evergreen for a second, you know, uh, um, w will these, uh, will these dry bones have a home? I think is the line. Find when will these dry bones finally arrive at home? I finally, think is finally the, arrive at home. Is the, yeah. 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 Was there a particular reason why Coming Home was the first single? Was, was that kind of the one that resonated with you perhaps the most? I, I think it's the song out of most of the songs that sums up the album really well. Both like musically, it's kind of a, sort of like a middle of the road in terms of like a feel for it like it's it's rock and roll you know mm -hmm. sort of but it's not like too hard and but it's not there's some softer songs on the mm -hmm. album too so it's kind of like a middle of the road sort of song for the album yeah. but then uh, in in the lyrical sense it sums up the album well where in it it is a lament in yeah. some sense but but it's a hopeful lament mm -hmm. and you know, there's these, again, things in life that that's not how it should be. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's about coming home from a bad day. You got some bad. Mm -hmm. And there is, there's a desire to come to our, um, our eternal home. And I, I would just say this too, in, in terms of hope, I think this is important, an important distinction. Uh, there is a, a biblical biblical hope is not wishful thinking right um so th there there is a like i guess like a worldly type of hope like so liverpool has not done well this season and i really hope that they do better <laughs> as, as the season progresses right they, they have played poorly this season which is sad i'm sad about that <laughs> and i'm hopeful that they uh, improve and that the season it's better. So that, I, that's I hope like, that for you. <laughs> so right. So that's like a wishful sort of hope. Um, but no guarantee that it would come. But no guarantee. Yeah. Uh, but the hope that we have as as Christians is a sure and steady anchor. It is uh, a hope that is solid and something that we can hold fast to, knowing that it will be accomplished because God keeps his word and keeps his promises mm -hmm. and so my hope can be in in him and knowing that he is good and knowing that he is faithful and will do what he has promised to do and that that is a that's that's a that's a true hope right that's that's yeah. not a wishful thinking yeah hope. right yeah excellent well, I uh, I've really enjoyed this album. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep listening to it. Uh, I'll get you some some plays on the uh, on the streaming platforms as well. Uh, and so uh, uh, and there will be links to uh, to everything in in the show notes so people can go and and listen. So there's gonna be there's already at this point there's been a series of singles already come out on the streaming platforms and we're just waiting eagerly in the next couple of days for the album to drop. Is that what the cool? Is that what the kids say? Album drops. Albums dropping. Al dropping albums, man. <laughs> I, I have one final question. It, perhaps it may be the most important question of this entire discussion. Um, 
and uh it's 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 a weighty question it's very difficult for me to ask and i'm i'm mustering up all of my mental energies in order to ask you this question so i i, kn- I know you will answer it with the gravity and uh, to match the gravity with which i ask it um <clears throat> do you like switchfoot yes or no <laughs> yes okay very good <laughs> yeah 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 uh, classic 90s christian kid for sure yeah <laughs> good in step with the best of your generation that's that's right yeah love it love it <laughs> well ben I, i've really uh, enjoyed this discussion really enjoyed the album and i hope lots of other people out here will will enjoy it as well thank you so much for coming on reform meditations any uh any final words that you want to express to the listeners all right i'm thankful for talking with you and for having me on and I'm hopeful if people decide to listen to it that they find uh, some sort of comfort and, and hope. True hope is is in the Lord, and we we go through trying and difficult times in life, and we can be thankful that God is good and gracious, and that He walks with us through those times, even as we're hurting and in pain. And there can be a hope that is not wishful thinking, but a hope that is sure and steady. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, to to the listeners, uh, you must go out and and download this album when it arrives and uh, and, and take a good listen, uh, maybe several good listens, and, and really soak it in and enjoy it. Tell the folks where they can find Exile in Eden online aside from listening to the album. I've got a, I've got a Twitter we can probably put it in your notes. I don't, yeah. I think it's just at Exile and Eden. That was one of those things I couldn't believe that this was a name that nobody chose and all the stuff was like just there for the taking. It was all out there. <laughs> no numbers had to be added. Yeah, no. no. No funny spellings or anything. Yeah. Underscores or anything like that. That's right. Providence. <laughs> so yeah, so while you're on Twitter following Exile and Eden, uh, go ahead and give Reform Meditations a follow. Um, it's all in the show notes. And while you're in the show notes, please uh, check out uh, the Bar Network. Uh, we're proud to be a Bar Network podcast here at Reform Meditations. Uh, so you should go to the site and check out the full catalog of, of Bar Network podcasts. And uh, you will be uh, you will be very much edified and encouraged by uh, the content that the network produces. Uh, also in the show notes is actually a link to a brand new podcast that I co-host with some friends called The Literary Baptists. And we're currently doing a chapter-by-chapter read-through and uh, uh, theological and philosophical discussion of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Silmarillion. So I'd really appreciate it if you went over there and took a listen to that as well. Um, Thank you all very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
You 